Good morning, my fellow patriots, and welcome to the Squad Talk podcast, helping you get along in a crazy world. I'm your host, Dakota. Thank you so much for tuning in today. It is Monday the 16th. This is episode two, Everyday Carry, Why It Matters. So just jumping right into it, EDC, what is it? What's the point? Why do I do it? Well, the answer is simple because it's better to be prepared and have a plan than not. It's like if I'm going to the big show, right, gentlemen? I'd rather have a raincoat and not need it than need it and not have it. Um, so that's what, e- that's what EDC is to me or everyday carry is to me. I, I don't view it any differently. I'd rather have these things that I've thought about and, and selected that, that could help me get through any issue or problem that may arise in my day-to-day that's why i have these things now in this episode i'm not going to be going over firearms uh there's a lot that goes into selecting a firearm for everyday carry you know do you want to have more than one on your person do you want to have one on your hip and one in your pocket or one on your ankle do you want to have one in your truck so on and so forth there's a lot that goes into picking your calibers and and it's just a whole lot to, to unwrap and, and dive into. So I'm going to leave that for its own specific episode. Uh, today, we're just going to focus on the essentials or the things I deem essential, which don't get me wrong. I deem a firearm essential, but that's just a lot to dive into right now, right off the bat. So let's take a look at what my EDC is. It's just kind of a general overview as to what I believe I need in my day-to-day life to allow me to overcome any problem that I may face to allow me the ease and comfort of set it and forget it. I don't have to worry about when this happens. When it happens, I have what I need to take care of it. So my EDC, I have a kind of general one and it changes kind of based off of where am I going? What is, what is the status of the event I'm going to? Is it just me hanging out with friends, drinking a beer? Okay, then it's not going to change. But if I'm going to a suit and tie event and I need to dress nicely, it's going to look a little weird if I walk in with a knife on the hip of my trousers, right? So at that point, obviously, I would go with something a little more inconspicuous that just slips into the pocket. You know what I mean? So keep that in mind whenever you're trying to pick out what you're going to have on your EDC. And and I will say, I do think it's important to go over your EDC list every, you know, I'd say six months, just so you know what you got going on. You know, if any of your equipment or any of the stuff that you keep on you, but you don't regularly use just so you know if it needs maintenance, if it needs to be replaced, and you know that you're keeping stuff that is up to date with where you are in your life on your person. So before I walk out the door, uh, before I head to work, whatever, I make sure I have my wallet, keys, phone, watch, hat, safety glasses or sunglasses, knife on my hip, multi-tool in my pocket, work gloves, a cotton undershirt, and it has to be cotton, I'll explain why here in a minute, a can of dip, a belt, a small bundle of 20 pound fishing line and some water. Now I know that's kind of a lot and we're going to go ahead and unpack this, but starting right off the bat, wallet, keys, phone, watch, and safety glasses. 
I'm not going to go over why I have those in my EDC. It's kind of obvious. I mean, you need your wallet, your keys, your phone, um, the watch. It doesn't really matter. Uh, if you like wearing a watch, wear a watch. If you don't, then don't. I wear mine mostly to monitor my heart rate and things like that. I have some health conditions that I'm working through and trying to get myself right. So that's that's why I wear a watch. It's a smart watch. It's fancy, smancy, overly expensive, whatever. You don't got to wear a watch, though. Some people will tell you that, oh, you have to wear a watch so you can keep track of time. Or if you get into a situation where, where you need to, to tactically monitor what you're doing and how fast your movements are, blah, blah, blah. No, you don't. You don't need a watch. Uh, the odds of you ever hitting a situation where you do need a watch like that are absolutely ridiculous. And time is a construct that really doesn't matter. If you've got a phone, you got a watch. It's that simple. If you don't ask somebody what time it is, no problem. So starting with the hat, uh, I wear a hat because I like hats. I mean, you know, there's no other real reason, I guess. But, uh, it, okay, so realistically, it keeps the sun out of my eyes, It which actually helps quite a bit with eye fatigue. It helps quite a bit with headaches, and they can help keep you cooler. Uh, you know, if it's hot outside, it's 110 degrees, and you're out in the middle of nowhere. The sun's beating down on you. There's no shade for miles. You know, if you got a little bit of water, just get it wet, put it on your head, and you're good. That's my view anyways. I do that all the time at work. It's very beneficial for me. But the two main reasons are it helps keep a lot of your face hidden from cameras. And I know that may sound a little ridiculous, but I personally do not like being recorded all the time like I like you are whenever you go into a grocery store or a gas station i don't like my face being painted all over camera like that so i wear a hat for that reason i also have a interesting choice in hairstyle i'll be honest i have a hot pink mohawk now don't judge you don't judge me too much here i know it's a little fruity frou-frou whatever it doesn't matter i like it and i rock it it looks good on me so the thing is, though, with that, I stick out like a sore thumb. I look like a damn troll in the middle of a crowd, and I'm talking about a troll from the movie Trolls. Like, it's just not a good look, okay? So, I wear a hat to help myself hide in crowds, and don't get me wrong, it's not like I need to hide in crowds. I need to disappear in a crowd. I'm not doing anything nefarious. I just, I like having a loud personality, but I also like being able to blend into the background and nobody know I was there. It's that simple. Uh, so let's go ahead and address the knife on my hip. Now I carry a case, uh, a case knife and, uh, it has three other blades with it. It has a nice leather sheath and I didn't ever carry a knife like this one before. I only started carrying this one cause I inherited it from my father and it, it was a sentimental thing at the time, but now I stand by this style of knife when you do what I do for a living it makes it really nice. It's always on your hip. You ain't got to worry about that. It's always there when you need it, but it's also small enough in profile. It doesn't really get in the way. Now it gets in the way a little bit with certain things, but for the most part, I, I forget it. I forget that it is there. And that's really important with a lot of the stuff you decide to have in your EDC. You need to be able to forget that you have this on your person until you need it. And it's like, oh, hey, I have this magic thing that I planned for this exact event for it. You know, it, it's important that you're comfortable enough with what you're wearing, what you're keeping on your person 
that it doesn't hinder you in any way. And that's why I really like this one. So it has three different blades with it. Uh, it's four blades in total. I cannot remember what two of them are called. I know one of them is called a, I do believe a utility blade. Uh, there, the another one's a saw, and then the other two are just two sharp edges. I don't know what the specific name for those blades are. Uh, it's got a leather sheath. I think I already said that. And it, it's really durable. It's really reliable. The blades hold an edge really well. And no, this is not me like endorsing case knives. This is actually the first one I've ever owned. But I, when, when I see quality, I mention quality, and it's just that simple. The only drawback I have is sometimes if you don't notice that you unhooked the snap on it, it's really easy to lose the blades out of it. So you got to kind of be mindful of that. But other than that, it's no real big issue. Now, the multi-tool that I carry in my back pocket, so I keep the knife on my left front hip, which... By the way, I will I will say that the knife isn't defense orientated, right? Don't get me wrong, I have absolutely no issue with using it in a defensive way if somebody's assaulting me, something like that. I have no problem with pulling that knife out, opening it up, and going to work doing what I gotta do to protect my family, myself, whoever I'm around, whatever I need. It's more geared towards work though. That's that's how I treat it. That's how I use it. I've never had a I've never been in a case where I needed to use it for defense. I, I'm not gonna lie, I prefer 45 ACP for those moments, but you know, we'll we'll discuss that later on. Moving forward, however, the multi-tool I use, I, I cannot tell you what kind of multi-tool it is. I can tell you the brand is Gerber. That's all I know about it. I want it in a poker game, as ridiculous as that sounds. And the funniest thing about it is it has this pair of scissors on it. I've never had to use them, but they're there. And I'm not going to lie, normally I use it as a bottle opener, but there have been times I've needed it to work on wiring on my truck at work or... I can't even really think of specific examples. I haven't had to use it a whole lot. I think I've used it maybe six or seven times since I got it. But every time I've used it, it was like I was in this moment and it's like, man, you know, some needle nose pliers sounds good right now. Oh, wait, I got these, you know, and handled my stuff. Or I was like, man, you know, I could really use a file. And I opened it up and I had the file on there and I did what I needed to do and no problem. Little things like that that you don't even really notice or remember. You're just glad to have it. You're glad that you prepared for it. And then when it goes right back in your pocket, gone from your mind like it was never there. That's one of the best parts about everyday carry, in my opinion, because it allows you to prepare in such a way that those problems, those hiccups, those issues that arise in our day-to-day -day lives just disappear for us, on the for the most part, anyways. <sighs> Onto the work gloves. Now, while it may seem obvious, and I do carry them for the obvious reasons, I mean, I work with my hands, so, you know, it's helpful to have gloves. I also carry them for another reason. So, let me, uh, let me paint a picture, right? Let me give you a for instance, okay? You, you pull up on the scene of an accident. Somebody is pinned, and you need to get them pulled out to safety. But between you and them is... A pathway where you're gonna have to crawl on your hands and knees of just glass well if you don't got gloves good chance you're gonna cut the hell out of your hands right 
or let's say somebody has a wound of some kind or they're covered in blood or something like that. And, you know, they may have hep C, they may have something like that. Well, while a thick pair of leather gloves isn't the best thing, it does offer some form of protection against things like that. I actually know a person who they walk around with a pair of latex gloves in their pocket at all times because of this, because at one point in their life, they were in a situation where they tried to help somebody and for a few months or weeks or something, I don't remember the exact amount of time they weren't able to be around their family and things because the person they were trying to help who was covered in blood was hepatitis positive and they had to isolate from their family until test results came back and blah, 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 whole big ordeal. So now that person to this day, carries a pair of latex gloves in their pocket at all times they normally have two pairs actually they also have a box of them in their car and they also have a pair of those thick work gloves in their car they keep those things to be prepared because they've actually experienced what happens when you don't have these items now i'm not telling anybody to go get a pair of latex gloves if you want to that is perfectly fine i don't have any issues with it do whatever you think is going to work best for your lifestyle for the situations you may come across Whatever gives you the most comfort and peace of mind with your everyday carry, that is what you need to carry. Whatever makes you feel the best. Now, obviously, you don't want to carry around an 80-pound pack with you every day, but if you keep it within reason and you are responsible, responsible about it, it will be fine, whatever you decide to do. So that's why I believe work gloves is an important thing. Me, I keep a pair in my personal pickup. I keep a pair in my work truck. And if I'm getting out, if I pull up on something in my personal pickup, I just grab them, slip them in my back pocket. If I'm in my work truck, normally I'm putting them on as I'm getting out the truck because I'm going to work. So that's just kind of how that happens. As for the cotton undershirt, I'm sure that that might sound a little prissy or <laughs> a little extra, I guess. As to why I say it has to be cotton, but it, it's, it's very simple. Cotton has antibacterial properties. Cotton is very absorbent. So, giving you another instance, okay, you, you're out on a job site somewhere. You fall and you get a gash on your arm or your chest or something. And there's not a doctor for miles. You're 30 miles from the nearest town. What are you going to do? It's going to take an ambulance two hours to get you there. If you don't bandage this one right now, you're probably going to bleed to death before they can come save you. Well, ta-da, I have a cotton undershirt that's antibacterial. All I got to do is stuff a little bit into this wound, tie it around, make sure it's nice and tight. If I have a belt, which I carry a belt, I can use a tourniquet more on that in a second. It allows you that extra protection, but also this. I'm a bigger guy. I'm not going to lie about it. I get hot real easy. And I have discovered that cotton, when damp, holds the moisture really well, but is also very good at letting the wind flow through so it keeps you nice and cool. That's why I really enjoy cotton undershirts because I tell you what, when it's 100 degrees outside, it getting hot, boy. It getting hot, okay? Now, onto the fishing line and the belt. As I just mentioned before, tourniquets. So, I can use the belt for tourniquet. I can use the fishing line or the belt to create some kind of a stent. Let's say I fall, break my leg, break my arm, something like that. I need to create a stent. 
well, hey, now I can do that. I can also use the fishing line to fasten together makeshift crutches and things like that, whatever I need to get done. And while I've never used 20 pound test line for this, I have used three pound test line and given myself stitches before. So worst case scenario, if you need to close up a wound, granted, it's probably going to get infected, but you can fashion a needle out of some bone or wood. Even if you absolutely had to, you can fashion a needle and sew yourself shut. If you absolutely had to, it's going to suck. It's going to hurt. It's probably going to get infected. You're probably going to lose that body part, but you'll be alive. That's what's important. And do I really think any of these events where, oh, I'm going to have to sew myself shut is going to happen? No, I don't think that's going to happen. Do I think it's very likely that I fall and break a bone? Do I think it's likely that I fall and cut myself very badly? Yes, I am in a blue collar industry. I drive a concrete truck for a living. I'm up and down on top of this 12 and a half foot tall truck. I'm on construction sites where there's a lot of people not paying attention. It's very likely that I might get hit by a skid steer. It's very likely that I might get hit by some type of some piece of equipment and end up hurting myself very badly. So yes, I do think it is important to be prepared because that's, that's a real world outcome that I may face. As ridiculous as it may seem to prepare for that, I would rather be ready than not. Now, the can of dip. Uh, I am a tobacco user. No, I do not endorse the use of tobacco products. I don't care if you smoke. I don't care if you dip, vape, whatever. It's not healthy. I don't endorse it. I do it anyways because I don't care if it's not healthy. It's it's a catch-22, right? I'm really just saying that so nobody tries to say, Oh, you told my kid to use tobacco. No, I did not. I told him not to use tobacco. I don't endorse the use of the products. Uh, it, it's really to cover my ass. I'm not going to lie. But yes, so as far as dip, here's why I carry it. Bug bites can really suck. And I have learned through home remedy, you know, grandma, grandpa, uncles, mom, dad, if you put a little bit of dip on a bee sting or a wasp sting, it can reduce swelling and pain quite a bit very fast. It can also keep people from going into shock and help stop or slow their bleeding if they're injured. And I know that might sound a little crazy, but here's why. So tobacco is a... stimulant which so that means whenever you use tobacco it causes your heart rate to increase it causes your blood pressure to increase when those two things occur inside the body it releases epinephrine or adrenaline when adrenaline or epinephrine whichever you prefer is released into the body it can cause your blood flow to decrease because your blood vessels contract therefore less blood is flowing so on and so forth it also helps people from going into shock because it is a stimulant. It is adrenaline. If somebody is going to anaphylactic shock, what do you do? You give them an EpiPen, right? It's kind of the same process. Now, it's not going to have the same effect as a shot of adrenaline or epinephrine or whatever. It's not going to be anywhere near as good. But if it's what you got, it's what you got. You try to do what you can. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and I also use it when I'm out of cigarettes. I'm not going to lie. If I run out of cigarettes, uh, I'll use my dip. But I normally get about two months, maybe a little more out of a can of dip. Like, by the end of it, it's pretty dry. <laughs> Which, yeah. Anyways, we're not talking about my bad uh, lifestyle choices. I keep water 
in both of my personal vehicles, right? Water is a very important thing, I think, to keep in your EDC. So I keep water in my personal vehicles. I keep water in my work truck. I have two pickups. My wife has a car that we keep water in. I have two Harleys that I keep water on. I don't keep as much water on those, obviously, but I keep water available in whatever vehicle I am in for the day. Now, in my work truck, I keep about a day, maybe two of water available. Uh, so I think it's right around, I think I have three, three liter bottles of water and two, one and a half liter bottles of water in my pickup. I have five gallons of water. So I've got essentially five days worth of water in my pickup or in both of my pickups. I just keep one of those big, great value cases of water. And you know, that seems to do all right for me. Now, the importance of staying hydrated though, it can help with delusions. It can help with blood pressure. It can help with cramps. It can help prevent uh, heat stroke, uh, heat exhaustion, things like that. So it has a lot of positive effects when you're out in the sun, when you're out working and doing what you got to do, it can help with that. Also, you die without it. So that's kind of important, you know, but we're not going to talk about that right now. There's, there's so many benefits of it. And looking at it from kind of a strategic angle, I suppose, if you are dehydrated, it can cause delir delirium. If you are dehydrated, it can cause blurry vision. And you may find yourself in a situation where not being able to see something is the difference between you going home alive and you going home in a box or with your face on a t-shirt. It, it can be very important. Now, do I think that I will ever actually be in a position where if I don't drink this bottle of water, I might die? No, I don't think that's going to happen. It's, it's highly unlikely. But is it a possibility? Yes. Is it something to consider when preparing? Yes. The main reason I keep water available like I do is because I work outside. I work in the elements. I work in the heat. And it's important when you do that to stay hydrated. That's why I keep it available. But it's fun to think about the other options too. I'm not going to lie about that. So one thing to keep in mind uh, with everyday carry like i said this is kind of my general overview on what my everyday carry is one thing to really keep in mind though this doesn't have to be the outline to yours okay you need to take into consideration on a daily basis where are you going when are you going there what are you doing there and why are you there you know the when where what and why those are so important to take into consideration when trying to figure out what your everyday carry is going to be so take a few minutes. I don't know if you everyday carry now or if you're considering it or if you've never even heard of it, whatever. Take a few minutes right now and go over, okay, what do I do for a living? Where do I do what I do for a living? How often am I doing what I do for a living? And why am I doing what I do for a living? Actually, you may not want to ask yourself that last question. You might get kind of depressed. Uh, that's millennial humor. Woo. Anyways. So take that into consideration. Really take five minutes. It doesn't take long, right? Take five minutes to figure it out. If I'm going to an event, like I said before, if I'm going to a, a more of a social event, a social status type of place where I need to wear a suit and tie, well, no, I'm not going to have this brown leather case knife holster on my hip. It stands out like a sore thumb. I'm also not going to have a pistol on my hip either. I'm going to have a pocket knife in, in my trousers. I'm going to have, 
I might have something, you know, tucked away under the under my arm on one side. I'm I don't know. I've never really been to a suit and tie affair, so yeah. I'm a little podunk and redneck if I'm being honest now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Moving on. It's important to take that into consideration though. Understand where your environment is going to be, what your surroundings are going to be, what you plan on doing while you're there. For me, while I'm at work, yes, the knife on my hip gets a little in the way sometimes because I'm up and down off the truck and uh, I'm moving around a lot. But overall, it the the benefit it has is far better than that little con. And there there are going to be things that you really got to be like, okay, it has 13 benefits and. 12 cons well then i'm gonna use it or it has 13 cons and 12 benefits i'm not gonna use it there are things that may come down to that in certain situations but really take the take a few minutes to think about every problem you might face in what you're going to do now most people that i know just have a general everyday carry some people i know they don't have an everyday carry like like you would think of they have one that changes almost daily and one of the people i know that does that it's kind of ridiculous they change their firearm daily depending on what color their socks are she's a little flamboyant you know (laughs) kind of frustrating but she buys her own guns and ammo so not my problem i guess i want to share a story with you about this actually so my father he was a prepper my father taught me about everyday carry he kind of instilled this mindset into me from birth basically so one day when i'm hanging out with a buddy of mine we make plans to go to polydoro canyon which is a canyon near where i live and ride mountain bikes on the trails out there the next day i don't think nothing of it i go home i think about okay what are we going to be doing blah 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 so i come up with a list of what i need i take a couple extra pairs of shirts uh or a couple extra shirts sorry a couple pairs of socks uh i think i took a do-rag and a couple of hats with i think it was this like basket thing meant to hold bottles of water on the back of my seat so i could have an extra bottle of water with me while we were out riding on these trails and I also put together a little toolkit that would fit certain parts on my bike that are prone to break that were prone to breaking. And for the life of me, I cannot tell you what they are now because that was, you know, a decade ago and I feel old now. Don't judge me anyways. So the next morning I wake up, he shows up, picks me up. I get in the truck and he's like, what'd you bring? And I was like, well, I got water. I got this, 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 blah, blah, blah. I'll tell him everything on my checklist, my EDC that I was taking with me for the day. And he's like, oh, you didn't bring drinks or anything? I was like, well, I brought a case of water. He's like, no sodas, no snacks. Like he, he wasn't even thinking about the risk that we could face going out there. It was going to be 115 degrees outside the canyon. Meaning down in the canyon, it could have been pushing 130. Like, it gets to a point where they start closing it and telling people to leave because it's too dangerous type of stuff. But he wasn't even worried about that. Now, I will say that day, it only ended up getting about up to about 112 in the canyon. So, not horrible, I guess, if you're used to living in a desert. But that is what that is. We stopped by a convenience store. I grab a 12-pack of coke or dr pepper or something 
few bags of chips. I think he got a little bit of sandwich meat at the gas station and a loaf of bread and some crackers or something. I don't even remember exactly. And I think he also got a 12 pack of soda. We got a bag of ice, threw it in the cooler, got everything on the on ice, cooling down. And it was one of them big Yeti coolers. I think we actually put two 20-pound bags of ice in this thing. It was amazing. <laughs> nice and cold, for sure. We roll up to the gate. We pay our entry. We get into the canyon. We go find a spot to park. We pull out the mountain bikes. We hop on. We get geared up, get our stuff. you know. And I'm putting on my little light little backpack that has my extra shirts, my extra socks, my toolkit in it. I fill up both my water bottles, stick them on the, or both my extra water bottles, stick them on the back of my seat. I got a little container thing for one right there and on the frame. So put that on there. I've got a total of three water bottles. I've got plenty of fluids. I've also got a couple bottles of water in my backpack. He slips on his little backpack, throws a bag of chips, a couple bottles of water and a soda in there, fills his one bottle of water up, slips it on his frame and we take off. Now, you're probably already noticing a, lo- a huge difference between the two of us. And that comes in handy later. That, that's very important here in a few minutes. So we're out riding all morning. We come back to the truck one time. We restock our stuff. And we go back out. Great time. Everything. When we go back out, we decide to go on one of the harder trails. And we're riding for a while. We get to a point at it. We're like, you know, it's starting to get kind of hot. And I'm tired. Let's go back. And mind you, I think we're... I think we're about an hour and a half away from our truck at this point. So we started pedaling it back and I think we got about halfway back on this trail and something on his bike breaks. I don't remember what it was, but it breaks. He hits the dirt. He's angry. He's upset and he's hot as hell because he didn't have no water. All he had in his backpack was chips and he didn't have any soda, nothing, nothing for hydration. He's hot because he's wearing a thick shirt that doesn't breathe. It looks really cool. It's one of those BMX racing styles of shirt. looks really cool, but offers no actual value. I pull my toolkit out of my bag. I go to hand it to him, and none of my tools fit his bike. None of my tools fit what we need to be able to jerry-rig it to get it back to the truck. Nothing. So we're up Shit's Creek without a paddle at this point. We're, we're between a rock and a hard place. Well, he is. I'm comfortable because I was prepared. So now he's got a 45-minute ride that he has to walk his bike back on. There's no wind. Sun's beating down on us, and there's a little creek next to us. And he finally has enough, right? He just he can't take it no more. So he jumps into this little bit of water and it feels good. Absolutely feels amazing. I'm like, you know what? Okay. So I pull my shirts out, go over, sink them in this water, get them nice and wet, put one on the back of my neck, do the same thing with my do rag, do the same thing with the other shirt, put it on the front of my neck. So it's all wrapped around and everything. And I'm nice and cool at this point, but he's soaked head to toe. No, like everywhere. Okay. Everywhere. And now he has to walk. A pretty good ways i'm sure some of you know how this ends now so he starts walking walking his bike and after about 20 minutes he starts chafing yeah starts chafing and he is miserable he is walking wide stepped big time right we get about halfway down this trek and 
I notice something changes in his demeanor. He looks ready to kill somebody. And then I look at how he's walking. And at this point, I could tell he had rubbed some pretty big blisters on his feet. So not only is he chafing where, you know, the sun don't meet, he's got blisters on his feet. Rhymes. I'm good at them. And he is absolutely miserable. We get to a point where he can sit down on the bike and coast downhill. And he does. And we get to the bottom of the hill. He's got enough momentum that he can carry out for a good little good little click he gets off the bike starts walking and at this point i think we got like another 10 minutes till we're at the truck we walk like i get off and walk in support of my brother and you know i'm trying to be nice i'm giving him some water and everything else we're walking and we're talking and he's like you know i should have been more like you I, i said what do you mean he's like you were prepared for today i wasn't we got back to the truck loaded up and tore off after he drank about 19 bottles of water in five minutes i thought he was gonna drown honestly he was chugging him but we take off and we don't talk much anymore but we we still communicate a little bit and right now he is probably one of the people that i would say has the most prepared everyday carry out of everyone i know and the whole point of this story is to enforce the fact that you don't know what you're going to need until you experience a screwed up situation. And it's better to think about that before you have to face that screwed up situation. That's my own opinion. That's my own take on it, I suppose. But just keep that in mind. If you've never established an everyday carry for yourself before, take five, 10, 15 minutes and think about it. And along with that, do me a favor after I get the at the end of this episode, I'll, I'm going to go ahead and plug our questions or a Q&A line or a Q&A email that all of you can email us at with requests, questions, whatever you may have, suggestions even, and we'll we'll respond with you in turn. We might even put a couple of them up on the podcast for you. So just hang on to that thought for me. Um, you never know what situation you may face. So it's important to take that into consideration. You never know when things may go wrong. It's better to have what you need and not need it than need it and not have it. It's just that simple. So do me a favor, everybody, make sure you go to 1776squad.com and sign up for our email list to get all the updates for our development on our new platform. Uh, and feel free to check out some of our merch. We are working on new designs right now. And as far as our platform goes, I just want to let all of you know, I am transferring from a Shopify website to a WordPress website, but I've never messed with WordPress before. So it's going to take me a little bit of time. Please be patient. But once I have it all set up and everything, and there there's a full release of the website, there's going to be an entire members area. There's going to be exclusive content that I'm working on right now, but I'm not releasing. It's only going to be available to members. So make sure you, you keep up with that and you keep that in mind as you grow with us and as we build our brotherhood or our squad. Um, if you have any questions or requests, as I said, please email us at squadtalkpodcast at 1776squad.com. Uh, little update as to where you'll be able to find our podcast through the hosting platform we are using. Our podcast will be available on Spotify, 
Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Breaker. So if you have any friends that want to hear us and they don't use the platform you're listening on, but they use one of those, please, please, please share it with them. Get our squad out there. Get our name out there so that people can hear the message that we're bringing and see the community we are building together. But thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Please join us on Wednesday where we will be going over how to prepare for another pandemic like COVID. No, I don't think we have one on the way, but as we all have seen, the world can be crazy sometimes and it's better for us to be prepared and be ready than be hit blindsided by a Mack truck like COVID did to us. But again, thank you so much for tuning in, everybody, and I will see you in the next episode. Y'all have a great one.